You're listening to Feed Aim Catholica, the Sunday homilies of Father John Gazzaldo, pastor at St. Luke Catholic Church, Temple, Texas. This is the homily from Sunday, December 12th, 2021, the third Sunday of Advent, titled, Don't Be Afraid to Cross the Lines of Division with Joy. Rejoice. I say again, rejoice. This is from St. Paul's letter to the Philippians. And what many believe, he wrote this letter from prison, writing on a piece of parchment for them to rejoice. And I can imagine, kind of like last week, probably felt strange for him to say that, to be in prison extolling his followers to be happy. That might have felt funny or disjointed. But during Advent, all these weeks leading through Christmas, we are challenged by the church to be people of joy. And maybe we need to just go ahead and call joy kind of like faith and love. The joy is not an emotion, but maybe a decision. Now that's easier said than done, because we all know that it is hard to be people of joy when we're surrounded by so much division. Now, some people call these divisions diversity. We have a very divided country. Who's kidding who? We have a divided church. We have a divided culture. And all of us know that that hurts. It leads to sadness and depression. Those of you who have a divided family or maybe even a divided marriage know that that's awful. And it is impossible or seems to be impossible to find anything to rejoice. So I get it. We get it. And I, I am preaching to myself just as I'm preaching to all of you. We hear this term, diversity, and sometimes it is good. But I think oftentimes diversity, when you look close at it, it oftentimes can mean just division. So I'd like to sort of paint you a picture this morning, if you don't mind. I'd like to paint you a, uh, a picture of an area in my life, a time in my life, that for me, through the years, has come to sort of represent division and not diversity. It would be my high school parking lot. And so what did my high school parking lot look like? If you went back into a time machine in the 1980s and visited San Marcos High School and got there in the parking lot before school, after the break, or after school, you would see a parking lot divided. Not a diverse one, but a divided one. So let me see if I can paint this picture for you. At one corner of the parking lot, we call that the kicker parking lot. And what did the kicker parking lot look like? Looked like a bunch of forward trucks, a bunch of guys named Justin and Colby, they're wearing Levi jeans and pearl button shirts and their girlfriends right next to them in the pickup truck. And they would have their country music blazing on their stereos. You had to be careful to go within there in that community because it, you may have not felt safe. You may not have actually been safe. That's one corner. Let's move over to the other corner. We have the other corner. We call them the headbangers corner. These are all the Bato Cholos that I hung out with. And we all had... 
our Ozzy Osbourne or Iron Maiden t-shirts with our boom boxes, we would turn up to try to drown out the kickers on the other side of the parking lot. Most people didn't, who didn't part of that group, you didn't wander into that group because you might not have felt safe, partly because you were not safe. We also had a, a section of our parking lot, and I guess in our day we called that the freaks. Now they call it goth. People with mohawks, black leather chains, black makeup, you know, and they were listening to their um, punk and thrash music. And you didn't really cross the boundaries into that divide because you probably wouldn't have felt safe because it wasn't safe. Now, there were some other groups, you know, splattered in there. I, I kind of put the nerds and the preppies and the athletes all together. They were listening to, I don't know, Donny Osmond or something. And uh, they were, and they wore their preppy and Izod and Polish shirts. But for, some, for a few of us, there was something about each group that was actually enticing. I like all of that music. I do. But you have to be very careful when you cross into those boundaries because you might not have felt safe and been safe. Now, another person would look at that probably this day is walk into that parking lot and say, oh, what a diverse place you have here, a lot of diversity. It was nothing positive about it. It was a divided school, and it was awful. So I would posit, I would argue, that this is nothing different now, and it wasn't different 2,000 years ago. Because John the Baptist, we see and we hear about all of Advent, he did have his own group of guys, his own group of followers, but he was a bit different than all of them. He gave his followers away. When he pointed out Jesus, there goes the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Follow him. I must decrease and he must increase. I'm not worthy to you know, tie the leather on his sandal. But what John the Baptist also did is we see him today in the gospel talking to many different groups. Groups that were divided. Groups that sometimes came together but only by violence and only experienced violence. We see at, three, at least three that are recounted in the gospel. The crowd, tax collectors, and soldiers. Now, these three groups were in the same area, but they didn't mix. Not at all. John the Baptist was not afraid to enter into all of their worlds, speak to all of them, and engage them. My guess is that he didn't feel safe, probably because he wasn't safe, and it cost him his life. But he did engage them, and they, some of them listened. He started to speak their language. And they started to ask him back. There's three questions. The crowd, the tax collectors, and the soldiers all asked, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? And he had a different answer for each of them. He told the crowd, be generous with what you have. The tax collectors, stop cheating people. And the soldiers, stop extorting people. He had a message for each of them. But that wasn't it. John the Baptist came to set the stage for Jesus. And I think he did so with joy. He probably felt unsafe because he was not safe. But he did so anyway. He was a prophet. And he was not too afraid to cross over those lines of division. Because those lines were very well established. And the only time they ever came together oftentimes was in violence. 
You know, I think about my high school parking lot and those divisions. And oftentimes people would cross those lines and there would be fights. And I, in those days, everybody in my school was Christian. Everybody, everybody went to some church. Now you would think as good Christians, we would try to break up those fights. No, we gathered around and sometimes made bets about who would win. Division that wasn't healed. But Jesus comes on the scene and he approaches basically, first of all, the Jewish people. Now you would think that they were, you know, all together. They were one, one voice, one people. Uh-uh. Nope. There was at least four groups that Jesus had to contend with. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Essenes, the Zealots, at least. And they made divisions within themselves. They often fought. But he came to do what John the Baptist started, and that was to heal the divisions. To have a one church, a, a united people, because the devil loves division. He loves it. He loves divided families and communities. He loves divided churches. We hear about all the time churches that go through a break and they start a different church. The devil loves that. But it is the Lord who brought people together in him. He was the truth. We all have something in common, that Jesus is God for everyone, is everyone's savior. Not a certain culture, not a certain language, not a certain music. But we are all human beings made in the image and likeness of God. And Jesus came to not just gather the Jews together, but also the Gentile world. And they were divided too. There was at least several groups. There was the Samaritans and the pagan Roman soldiers. He would mix them in the group too, often to his own lack of safety. But like John the Baptist, Jesus walks right into the middle of them, walks right into the, into the guts of these divisions to do what? To reconcile them with his very body. It was hard. It was dangerous. Maybe to the rest of the world it would have been unwise. And maybe even not safe. Why did he feel not safe? Because it was not safe. It cost him his life. But I would argue that even through all that sweat, pain, and blood, he did it with joy. He was reconciling people to the Father, what he was sent to do in his very body. Now, being people of joy, of rejoicing, is easier said than done. We have to find something to rejoice. And maybe it doesn't start with just these broad strokes of, strokes of divided people. Maybe it starts once again in our homes. We have to start in our homes. I have been in homes with people, with families around dinner time. And when dinner time would come around, they'd go and help themselves and then take off to their separate bedrooms with their own handheld devices and laptops and TVs and say, leave us alone. And when mom and dad would try to bring them back together, it was a fight. It was uncomfortable. But they did it anyway. They did it anyway. I've seen families, mom and dad bring children and family together around the dinner table. 
And not just say, bless us, O Lord, and these thy gifts, which is a beautiful and important prayer, but to make each one of them, in turn, say grace. And most of the time, the kids don't like that. That they're forced to say it. And that's okay. Because they're uncomfortable, it's okay. We're, Christianity did not come into the world to make everybody comfortable. I, as a priest, look, it's took me 15 years to do this. I have stopped asking people, would you be comfortable doing X? I don't say that anymore. I say, are you willing to do that? And when they say something like, well, I'm not comfortable doing that, I usually respond with, I try to be nice, I try to be nice. I usually respond with, I didn't ask you if you were comfortable. <laughs> that's, not, that's not what I said. I said, are you, are you willing? Because if I did only what I was comfortable doing, I'm not sure I'd be standing up here right now. So it has to start in our homes. Now, having said that, this kind of came to me yesterday. I wanted to say thank you to all of you here at St. Luke. I love being a priest and I love being your pastor. But every once in a while, it comes home to me how lucky I am. I am keenly aware what many church priests and churches are doing, even in our diocese. There are churches in this diocese, not too far from here. They have separate sections for people who have masks on. Thank you for not doing that. In California, they have vaxxed, non-vaxxed, booster, whatever. Thank you for not doing that. Thank you. We know what that division looks like. All you have to do is look at old movies of Mississippi when African Americans had to sit up top. What are we thinking? Where are we going? We have been taught this before and what not to do. So thank you for being such a community that's so close. I appreciate it. So we say as Christians, our faith is for everyone. But that means we're often asked to cross over lines. Lines of culture. Lines of language. Food, music, clothing. We're asked to be able to speak to the world, and that may be going to places we're not comfortable going, listening to their music, eating their food, wearing their clothes. I, as a priest, am privileged. I love Mexican food. I love Vietnamese food. I love, I love the food from the islands of Philippines. I love the Nigerian people. I don't care for their food. Have any of you ever had fufu? I didn't think so. I didn't think so. But you do. You eat it. You eat it. It's dough. You just like raw dough. But that's their food. And the Lord has asked me, oftentimes, to be joyful in the situations I've been put in. Okay, who's kidding who? I'm standing up here with a pink dress on. <laughs> it's not my color. So, it's not your color either. <laughs> uh, but these are all decisions and challenges we, we have been given. We live in a divided country, a divided world, and let's face it, a divided church. But the Lord has sent you to be an instrument of healing, to bring divisions to a close. And if he has chosen you, however funny that feels to to choose to be a person of joy, to know that he has chosen you to be an instrument of reconciliation, I think that's, 
I think that's worth rejoicing about. You've been listening to Fidem Catholica, the Sunday homilies of Father John Gazaldo, pastor at St. Luke Catholic Church, Temple, Texas. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast as new episodes will be released frequently.